0: Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today we are going to be talking to Deanna Kempel. Hi, Deanna.
1: Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, thanks for being here. So Deanna's calling us here from uh, Chicago. She's right outside of Chicago in the code. I'm in South Florida, as most of you know, in the also somewhat cold right now. But Deanna, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about you. I know you, you've you lived a big life. We yes. talked a little bit before and, and um, you just have so much that I think you can offer our audience as far as like who you are, where you've been. And um I think it's gonna be a a lot.
1: How long you want me to introduce myself for? Let's let's do it. Oh my goodness. Okay, well I'll just keep it very high level. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Deanna Kemple. I am a business development manager with an IT company called IT People Network out of Aurora, Illinois. I absolutely love the team here. I am in sales, I'm in developing my own accounts, but I also am a serial entrepreneur. I have a podcast. Uh, I did have a skincare line for a while before COVID hit, and I was a fashion designer before that. I do do some side work as a social media expert and content creator. So I do have like a little side business with that. So I stay very busy. Um, you know, I, because of my life experience and where I've been to where I'm going, I, you know, you got to live your life to its fullest. You know, I've been a bodybuilder, you know, I've been a a beauty queen for a pageant here locally. I was Miss Chicago, American nation. So I've done a lot. Does that give you a good introduction, Alex?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It gives us a great introduction because I think like, all of us are, are big dreamers, whether it's an entrepreneur or, or just someone who's a nine to five, we all have dreams, right? Whether it's like, I I've been saying, I'm going to play the guitar for years. I haven't done it. So there are certainly things that we all procrastinate on, but with your life experience, to me, it sounds like everything that you set out to do you're doing. And I, and I love that. And, but the part that I really love about it, Deanna is that you shared with me was that, you know, look, you've had some failures, right. With, With the fashion line. And then you kind of, pivoted and made something that, you know, for someone it might've been, oh no, the end of it. And you turn it into some good. So I'd like to start with that. If you could talk to us about the fashion line and then what you did to raise money and then why you did that to raise money. Talk to us about that.
1: Sure. So I'm a fashionista. I always have been, you know, I used to dress up with my grandmother's dresses, her hats, her heels. My mom is beautiful, loves her heels, loves her jewelry. Um, So I've always loved that. And that's been an expressive expression of myself as I've grown as I've grown into a woman, you know, I used to go to the garage sales and I'd buy these beautiful old dresses and I'd actually wear them to school in high school, you know, like I was way above way ahead of my time. Um, so I, when I was with my late husband, we had five businesses together. So we had, we did about 20 million in sales in their manufacturing business. I actually doubled the size of the company with one contract with the state of South Carolina when it was for $20 million. So a very successful in our, in our, um, business ventures with my late husband when he passed away. And I had always told him, I was like, I want to get into fashion. I want to get in fashion. He'd always promised me that he'd be there rooting me on being like my, he's like, I'll be your little bitch. You know, he'd say stupid stuff like that. (laughs) Well, unfortunately he never had the opportunity to do that. And after he passed away, I, I, I really kind of, um, instead of spending that time grieving right away, I really just kept myself real busy. You know, I did live a very large lifestyle, the mansion, private jets, the Ferrari, the Mercedes. And when he passed, everything was like yanked away from me. I got kicked out of the businesses. It was just a very ugly situation, you know, and I'm, and it's just part of my journey. You know, I think a lot of people when they're in the, in the heat of the moment and they're going through a lot of that struggle, they don't really see, don't, don't acknowledge that this is just a part of your journey. It's not your destination. It doesn't end here. It continues to go. And so for me, I just was like, I'm just going to keep going, you know, after I was like, you know, and for I had no, I knew he wasn't going to make I saw it. He just was declining day after day in and day out. And so after that, like the dust settled, I did get a small settlement from the estate. I was like, that's it. I'm going after my dream. I'm going to become a fashion designer. I enlisted a um, agency out of Soho, New York, which you know that's a big Soho place in in New York. And I didn't realize had I done a little bit more research and did a little bit a better, a stronger business plan that I probably would have been more successful, like long-term, but I just went full force into it. I created a beautiful, huge collection, which, you know, large designers, well-known designers do. I wasn't a well-known designer. I, I thought like, oh yeah, I'm going to hit the ground running. People are going to buy from me. I want to become huge like Chanel. That was like my goal. And I, I actually, you know, I'm very talented when it comes to the design process was very easy for me at the, I touched the fabric, it would flow and I could see what I wanted to create. Um, and they helped me through the whole process. And so um, my first collection, I did a Kickstarter, which was really, was really great, very successful. I raised over $5,000 for my first collection, which is, that's a pretty good. You know, not sure. a lot of people have successful Kickstarters and that's a lot of work too you have to really use your network to make that successful.
0: Before you yeah. go on with that about, um, about the Kickstarter, and we'll pick it up where we left off with sure. Kickstarter, talk to me real quick about, you mentioned that the business plan, like you wish you would have worked more in the business plan because yes. you feel like it would have worked better. And I really want to hit on that point because I talk a lot about planning on this podcast to yeah. entrepreneurs, marketers and the importance of planning. And sometimes the planning can get in the way of doing. So certainly there's a kind of a, a balance you want to strike yes. there. But what do you feel was missing from your plan that you think would have made you more successful in that venture?
1: Everything that the, cons- the, the agency that did they did for me, they're more of like a consulting agency. I could have found, I could have sourced directly, saving myself probably like two thirds of what it cost me. I would not have gone full force and created a whole new collection. I I should have strategized and planned out financially what that impact would look like. And if I was not going to make a profit with that collection, you know, I should have understood the market a little bit better. You You know what I mean? Fashion. And I didn't. I didn't do any market research. I was like, I just want to be designer. I'm going to be great. That's it. My ego definitely got in the way of me making a smart business decision. And it also, I think that was just the way of me handling like where I was in my life. You know, I was just like that. I'm just going to go for it. I had a lot of some success. So I did have some success. Um, But if I was to go do it again, I would have not done a whole collection. I would have done maybe a couple pieces. I would have did the 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 samples in my size so that I can wear it and post it on social media because that is really where you're going to get the audience that you're that you need to get to purchase from you because everything is really online these days. E-commerce is the way to go if you're going to sell, you know, like hard goods, if it's not a service, you know, or consulting or something like that. So I would have definitely not done samples in a model size. I would have done it in my size to wear it people to, that are following me and like, Hey, does this look great on me? You know, this is what I style it on, you know, and that was not what I did. I went for, I went with the advice from the agency, which benefited them, not me. So had I done a little bit more research and a little bit more planning around what this industry, what that industry looked like, it would have been a lot different.
0: But I think, it. well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with us and being so transparent about your thoughts and just owning it, because I think that's the tough part for many entrepreneurs, whether you're first stage or like myself and yourself, who've done it a bunch of times and continue to do it it's okay to fail. But what's important about the failure, which it sounds like is what you're telling us is to reflect on it, accept your responsibility, the ownership of like, I could have done this better like this, like that. Because then I think it carries to your future self. Like when you go launch something new, again, you're going to have that in your head. The the thing that you never want to do is to fail and then never look back in your new ventures, which I see that often happen. So, So so talk to us now. You uh, launched a Kickstarter campaign. What happens after that?
1: Launched a Kickstarter campaign. I got all these orders for my first production um, off my first collection. And I went to, I paid the agency that I was working with in New York um, after they had quoted me all the prices. They came back and said, Oh, no, no, no. It's going to cost X, Y, Z more. And I was like, Whoa, what are you talking about? And I was just like, well, that's just not going to work. So I yanked all my business from them. And um, based on what I had learned from them already, I started sourcing everything that they're doing directly. So, and locally too. So they were they were out of New York, their production, they're, they're, the people that are manufacturers out of China, a lot of their fabrics came from out of China. So I had to find um, manufacturers here. I had to find uh, fabric here. I had to find... Uh, someone to make the samples here to do the patterns. Like they wouldn't, they didn't even send me all my patterns back, which I had already paid for. I had already paid for all that. So it was, that was kind of a disaster, but it taught me a lot about the process. So people, Mm -hmm. individual designers that are out there that are successful, they are busting their butts. (laughs) That It's a very intense process and um, I have a lot of respect for them. So, you know, I try to support them as much as possible. But I learned from that. And it was, um, even though I was running like crazy, it, you know, I'm very proud of what I created. You know, I did end up, I was on the runway in um, Rhode Island. I was a um, finalist for the Cadillac Design Challenge here in Chicago for Style Chicago, Chicago. So I had some notoriety that came with what I did. So, you know, I don't look at it necessarily as a failure. Had I had deep pockets and maybe better, Um, you know, a better advisory board or people I talked to that, that, that I was leaning on, I probably would have kept it going until I got successful, but that was just not reality, you know?
0: Well, you know, I think people dwell too much, people, meaning entrepreneurs dwell too much on when it's time to make a change, when it's time to make that change and pivot. Um, And the reason they do so is because they don't look at the business. They get too emotionally attached as it's normal. We all do. But if you think about it, just like an investment, like the market has been down now for like six weeks, you yeah. know, just, just tanking. Everybody probably lost at least 15, 20% of their, their portfolio. And even cryptocurrency has gone down in the last five, six weeks. So those are investments. And sometimes um, an investment, you, you hit a low, and even though it's a loss, you have to pivot and sell what you got and then move yeah. on to something else. Real estate is the same thing. I've flipped many homes over the years. If it's not working, it's either a break-even or even a loss, but it's time to move on. Move on. And a business is a lot that way, isn't it, Deanna?
1: Yes, it is. Even though it was hard, it was definitely a blow to the ego. After my third collection, I was like, I was pretty down. You know, I was like, I did feel like a failure, but I had to change my mindset. You know, I had to say, you know what? I had the courage and the fortitude to go after my dream. It was my dream. Was I too hasty? Did I make some bad decisions? Sure. But I learned from all of that. And I have those memories for the rest of my life. I have the memory of walking on that runway. I have the memory of being a finalist for Cadillac, you know, and never even ever being in uh, fashion before. So I got over the failure part, you know, and I I embrace it as an experience and marking off that, checking off that dream that I have that I had on my list.
0: Yeah. And and of course, you know, the re- the only regret we always have is just not doing it. Right. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. For so. Sure.
0: So, OK. So at that point, you come you come to a, a, a point in the road where you say it's time to move on. And then yes. you had this you, you decided to do a charity. Talk to us about that.
1: Uh, no, I try, I just, uh, my last collection, I did a, um, a charity event.
0: Okay. It was a huge
1: event against, so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out. This is my last one. I'm going out with a bang.
0: But you made it purposeful, which I love. Yes. Yes. So talk to us about that.
1: Well, you know, I, we had already talked about the human trafficking aspect, how I was a victim way back when, when I was 17. Um, so as I've gotten older, it's become very evident to me that that's uh, something I'm very passionate about to raise awareness around had I. Had better resources. Had I had you know a little bit more, um, someone talking to me about what the the dangers are out there in the world, you know, especially if you come from a broken home, I probably would have made different decisions. Um, So I I got real heavily involved against uh, human trafficking and in creating this huge event against it. I had about 300 people. I had incredible sponsors. I had six other Chicago-based designers. And it was a beautiful runway show. And it was just an awesome, awesome event. You know, it was first class all the way I had. I mean, just it was really great. And that I ended the show with my last collection, which was very cool. And I, I had people ask me for a couple of years afterwards, you know, when are you going to do another event? When are you going to do this? I'm like, oh, my God, that was a lot of work. It took eight months to create it. And, um, you know, i invested a lot of my own money into making it happen and making it beautiful and just making it that I had created flyers. And I had a team. put I mean, I had several teams. You know, it was just it was it was quite the experience and quite the event.
0: It's awesome. Well, you know, it's clear from talking to you and, and even before the podcast that you're like, a, you're very passionate about everything that you do. We, we talked about, you know, how it's a little bit more challenging for women, even in 2022 to yes. be, you know, at the table with a lot of men who aren't comfortable with that and i i shared with you i said look i have a daughter of course i have a mom a sister a wife and yeah. and i'm i'm all for 100 percent equality so when i'm talking to someone like yourself a woman who you embrace that fearlessness and you embrace the and, and you're just okay you own it like listen i'm gonna make things happen and don't look at me as a woman just look at me as a human being so talk to me about that because the the label free podcast to me is a perfect segue to explaining uh, uh, like why you did the label free podcast.
1: Yes. Yes. It, it is a very interesting environment. So as when I was, when I, we had our own businesses and I was the leader in those, those companies um, you know, there was one uh, one, one meeting we had, I was the only female in the room and it, this is automotive. So you're talking about all these like blue car, um, blue collar workers and they're all like coming in there, my, my COO, my CFO, and they just weren't getting the job done. And I, and, you know, I get things done. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> it's like military with me in a good way, in a good way. And sure. I remember I told him one time, like, I've got bigger balls than all of you guys. What are you doing? <laughs> like, really, you know, what are you doing not leading your teams? But now as I've gotten, and I'll, uh, you know, I have not worked for anyone since I was 16. So after my husband passed away, having to get back into the workforce and juggling all my stuff I have on the side has been a, um, has been, you know, a learning experience. And being where I'm at today, even though it is 2022, and this is, I'm in IT, is very male dominated. And I feel like ha- if I was a man, my message, my, my approach would be more, would be better received, but it is what it is. You, you can't, can't let it get you down. You just have to continue to, to persevere and just try to find your way in the door somehow where someone will talk to you and respect you and want to hear what you have to say. That's all you can do. You know, I mean, I, I look at it like this. We all come in this world the same way, we're all going to go out the same way. No one is better than anyone else. And so if you don't have the the courtesy to talk to another individual from a professional standpoint or just from a like a, a personal standpoint, you know, just respecting other people, then that's on you. You know, I try to if somebody approaches me from a sales position or approaches me in general, I just try to give them the respect that I would get that I would want in return. So sure. yeah, it's it's still still a little rough you know, and I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not going to kiss anyone's ass to like, you know, I shouldn't have to do that. You know, we should expect each other, respect each other as professionals.
0: Absolutely. And so the, the label free podcast, you started that three years ago and I've been talking to quite a few entrepreneurs who want to start podcast. You and I were discussing that earlier and I said, look, the podcast, I mean, aside from whatever Theme or subject matter you want to discuss, whether you want to have guests, do it solo, however, creative you want to get, the podcast is something that you you're not going to monetize out the shoot. So yeah. you got you got to commit long term, two, three years, and and then take your time. If you can only do one episode per month, that's fine. Um, and, and just be consistent. So for you with the podcast, first talk to me about the theme of the podcast, what audience you're trying to reach, and then what's, what's the hardest thing about podcasting, you think?
1: Um, so it's called label free podcast. And it's, I talk to individuals that are breaking free of any labels that society has put on them, any labels they've put on themselves, families put on them and just living life dynamically in their own terms. And what that looks like is, you know, someone like me, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this X, Y, and Z. And I don't care. You know, I don't care what you think. You know, I, I created this because I had, I was tired of you know, getting back in the dating world, being looked at as a widow, you know, then I was, you know, looked at as I started embracing my being a woman again and not being being single, then I was looked at, you know, oh, maybe she's easy because she's just being out there and whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm just I'm like, I have to live my life again. You know, people expect you to, once you go through life change like that, that you're supposed to shrivel up and die and go hide under a rock somewhere. I was like, uh uh, I'm not doing that. No, no. And it was very difficult for me to embrace my voice. I had a very hard time stepping out and like saying, hey, here I am you know the fashion was very scary like are they going to like what i created are they going to accept it are they going to love it you know and the same thing with the podcast when you start using your voice and putting yourself out there you are subject to scrutiny and judgment and all that and that was um it, i have grown so much over the last couple of years and i'm i just absolutely love it because i have i too along the way have shed labels that i didn't even realize that i i was putting on myself and so my audience is very diverse. I actually have almost a 50-50 split between men and women. And um, it really, I mean, the amount of people that I get on a daily basis that love the show, that want to talk on the show, or just are thanking me for the messages we're putting out there is un- unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it just tells me that there are so many people that are, that are out there among us that are being weighed down by these labels that we put on each other. And so I'm a, not a judgmental person at all. Like I accept everybody, come here and give me a hug. Like, I love you. You know, I don't care how crazy you are. Like, I'm just wanna embrace you and give you that love that we all deserve. And so I, I actually put out four episodes a week and wow. I seeded 200 episodes at the end of last year. And so, but I did a lot of work. I have a huge backlog when the the pandemic hit I just started connecting a lot with people and just staying real busy doing a lot of recording zooms like every single day with like you know two to eight people a day so i just spent a lot of time refining and in creating a better process for mine and it, it's a commitment it really is you have to be passionate about what you're talking about and what you're doing and if you're i look at it like i'm here to serve i'm here to mm-hmm. serve you i want to support you want to hear your story and i want to share it with my audience and whoever that reaches if you could change one person, if you could improve some one person's life with your story, then you are doing what you were put on this planet to do, you know, and it's to support other people, you know, to be a better version of yourself or help someone be a better version of their self. So that is the label free podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I, we, you know, we could end it on this note because it's so inspiring and I just love your energy. Um, again, how, you're so open about the, the challenges, but also just everything when it comes to your business, everything that you've been through. And I think it makes total sense that your podcast is called the Label Free Podcast because I think that's authenticity is what's missing from this world. It doesn't, not just the podcast, but whether you're watching a video online whether it's social media there's just so much stuff that is manufactured and i think that that's probably why it's caused so many people to feel like they have to put on the front they have to put on the front in order to get through their days if they're going to put their stuff out there so it makes so much sense what about you know for you with the podcast what what would you say is the most challenging part of doing your podcast uh on a weekly basis
1: you know i get tired you know, and I still make sure that I get in the gym, you know, and I work a full-time job and I'm, you know, so it's the challenging part for me is time management and just, you know, I, I, I have to force myself sometimes just to show up, you know, and then when I do show up for myself, even though I'm tired, I'm like, oh my God, I've had a crappy day or this, that, and the other thing. I end up having such great conversations with people yeah. because it's not about me anymore; it's about them, mm-hmm. and it just completely shifts my attitude and shifts my my mindset. And I'm and I'm just always feel so invigorated after my conversations, and um, you know. And I love at the end; they're like, "I had so much fun," and I'm like, "Yes," you know. Just, it
0: humbles you, right?
1: Oh yeah, it humbles me completely, and I it just reminds me that I'm doing this selflessly because I love it and I want to connect with people and as many people I can connect with while I'm on this planet is just what I intend to do.
0: Yeah. And it becomes like quality connections too. And that's what oh, I yeah. have found too. I said to, to my friend uh, from San Francisco, he wants to start his podcast. He said, if you do it long enough, you know, if you get past that 50 or hundred episodes, you will notice that you've built some friendships, new friendships, open up some doors for people. I'm sure like, like me, you are connecting people all the time. People oh, come yeah. on the podcast and I connect them with this person, that person. And it's not always a transaction that's that has monetary no. value. It typically is just like, I think you two should, meet because you do have like very good energy and, and whatnot. But I think uh, working uh, on a podcast is really a work of art. And that's what I said to my friend. I said, if you're going to do it for money, th- you probably shouldn't do it because you're going to feel the pressure of manufacturing it into a product right where you're going to sure. add, you know, ads and sponsors and this and that. Nothing wrong with that, but that's yeah. very different than the indie podcast. Um, and there's definitely an audience out there for everyone's passion. Oh, yeah. So I love and I, it. And
1: I'd say, and I, and I'd say with the podcasting, what has helped me become so successful is really reading a lot and using a lot of the resources that are out there to continue to grow and to continue to make it better. And that's what, and I, it's such an incredible industry right now that is blowing up. And if you're staying on top of those trends, you can really go. You can, I think, you can create something incredible from it.
0: Well, before, before we wrap up this podcast today, this episode, I wanted to, we, we know what your superpower is. We know what you do well. Um, but if you have to give any advice to an, uh, an entrepreneur who's out there, who's struggling, right? They're going through yeah. their business and maybe they're at the point where they need to pivot like you did, or maybe they need to bring in a partner, whatever the challenge is, what, what's your, what's your one piece of advice that you would tell that, that entrepreneur?
1: Trust your gut lead with your, not lead with your heart, so to speak, but don't let your, your ego get in the way because that can be detrimental to your success across the board. You know, you know, that that's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow when your ego, ego is talking to you and you got to tell them to shut up. (laughs) Like, okay, get out of my way. You're causing trouble for me. Like what, you know, just trust your gut. You know, if you're, if you're, If you're just coming to a realization that something's not working for you, there are so many other opportunities out there that you can pivot to, as you say, and uh, don't let your ego get in the way.
0: I love it. That's solid advice. Well, Deanna, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure we're going to have you back here again soon. And with that, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me, Alex.